0: Hello, and welcome to The Intersection. My name is Mark Riley. Thanks for being with us. We had Easter weekend off, and so much has happened in the intervening week. Yet, taken together, I've reluctantly, painfully concluded that America is creeping toward a form of fascism I think most of us would never even imagine. The signs are there, and I'm not at all sure that most people see them. Over the past week or two, I've been thinking to myself, What has America come to? American democracy, criminal justice, health care, and more have been put under stress by people who believe they have the right to tell others how to live. Some do this, by the way, while flaunting the very rules that they tell us to live by. What am I talking about? Well, let's take a quick look. We could always start with Donald's 34 felonies Trump. He's been deposed by the New York State Attorney General. Trust me, she does not play. But it goes way beyond Trump. Across the country, the lunatic fringe of the Republican Party has pushed that party into dead-end positions on abortion, gun control, LGBTQ rights, and even climate change. Add to all this, the increasingly ridiculous Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and his wheeling and dealing with a conservative billionaire, and you have a recipe for a reckoning that seems increasingly ugly as time passes. Trouble is that all these attempts to create a new authoritarian America usually are looked at separately by the nation's progressive media. That's starting to change, thanks to people like former Labor Secretary Robert Reich and Umar Haq, who have begun to read religiously medium. My only beef with him until now has been that he paints a relentlessly pessimistic picture not just of the US but of the world. Now I'm starting to think his pessimism is well-founded. Let's take a look at a few seemingly disjointed events and knit them together to create a picture. Trump was deposed last week as the Attorney General Letitia James prepares for trial for a trial that is on assertions that Trump and his company and family committed staggering fraud in overvaluing his assets by billions of dollars as has become his habit trump has denounced james lawsuit as politically motivated gee what what investigation or charges against donald trump have not been politically motivated according to donald trump two judges have already disagreed He currently faces a web of lawsuits and now criminal charges. We've talked about most of them before. In this context, Trump should be viewed as the linchpin of the slow slide of autocratic fascism America now finds itself on. After all, the attempted coup of January 6, 2021 was all about him. How the man ever got elected president is utterly beyond me. I think back to those days of 2016 when I was uh, canvassing for Hillary Clinton and hearing people say, not that they loved Donald Trump, but that they didn't trust her. And I think that's probably why he had his four years in the spotlight and in the White House. Yet not only does he have millions of Americans bamboozled, but he remains the living, breathing definition of an autocrat. But Donald Trump couldn't have advanced American fascism alone. His enablers in Congress and in state legislatures and the courts have helped him along. But these lawmakers and judges aren't doing so in service to the American people. They're in it for themselves. Let's branch off from Trump for a minute and talk about abortion. I told you, I hate to say I told you, so I really do, but I told you back when Roe v. Wade was gutted that the anti-choice movement was not finished. I said then, they wouldn't stop until abortion was banned in every state in this country. That would include states that have long upheld a woman's right to choose. Having made it difficult to impossible to access legal surgical abortions in many states, they've gone after abortion pills, specifically mifepristone. They managed to get a Texas judge to ban the pill, which the FDA approved almost a quarter century ago. What followed was a judicial game of tennis, or a game of judicial tennis, with one judge legalizing them and an appeals court allowing the pill with restrictions, including that women could not access them by mail. The latest twist is that Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito, of all people, kept the pill available until lower courts decided under what circumstances, if any, they should be available. Think about that for a minute. A drug found to be safe by one government agency in the year 2000 was banned by a judge, if only temporarily. My guess is the Supreme Court will keep Mifepristone legal, if only for now. They may, however restrict its ability or availability, further encroaching on a woman's right to choose. That's right. My guess is, and I don't want to sound like I'm some great prognosticator, but my guess is that the Supreme Court will keep the drug legal, but they will at the same time restrict further its access. And I don't know how people think Although maybe maybe I'm missing something here, but I don't know how people think that they can stop the circulation of mifepristone through the mail. How do they do that? Do they inspect every package in America? They inspect every envelope in America? I don't understand how they think they can do it. Now, at the same time, Florida is poised to lower the deadline for having a legal abortion, that's a surgical abortion, from 15 to 6 weeks. Taken together, this means that in some places, the battle over abortion is far from over. All this is going on, despite most polling, that indicates a majority of Americans want to keep abortion legal. And why is this happening? Because politicians want to kowtow to a minority of people who want to control women's bodies. If you take a look at history, you will find other societies that felt empowered to oppress women in this way. It's just another form of creeping fascism, even though most people would reject that term, mainly because of its association to Nazi Germany. Oh, you're calling it a fascist situation? How dare you? Hey, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck. Now, I'm not equating it to Nazi Germany. I believe that the creeping American fascism we see is very different than Nazi Germany in many, many fundamental ways. But it is still creeping fascism and it's in service to an autocracy that we see in certain European countries, but we never thought would happen here. Up next two more targets of the those people who want to take over America gun control and lgbtq rights this is the intersection it's springtime and you're listening to mark riley the intersection of politics and culture welcome back to the intersection. Over the past couple of weeks we've seen six people killed in a mass shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, five in Louisville, Kentucky, and four in Alabama. And what action has been taken in the wake of all this carnage? Two black members of the Tennessee legislature were expelled. At least some in Congress saw sense and have asked the Department of Justice to look into whether the expulsions violated the Constitution or federal civil rights law. Mind you, the sin of these lawmakers was to join a protest against gun violence and for gun regulation in the wake of the Nashville mass shooting. So sit back and think about this for a moment. What does the Tennessee legislature do after six people are killed in Nashville, which I assume, because it says Tennessee, is part of their remit? So, what do they do? They expel people. They don't do anything about trying to regulate guns. They just expel people with whom they disagree. Now, both of these legislators have been reinstated, but that's not really the point. A supermajority of Republicans in the Tennessee House voted to expel them for peacefully protesting. Again, just days after six people were killed in Nashville. This, folks, is suppressing dissent at its most oppressive, and all the while acting as if any sensible effort to regulate deadly weapons is an affront to real Americans. Then, of course, politicians in the pocket of the NRA will offer condolences to the families of the dead. Another brick in the wall of creeping fascism. And, I might add... Persons in both Louisville and Nashville purchase the guns they use to kill people legally. And still lawmakers can't figure out or won't figure out more importantly what to do about this. This is, in my judgment, I'm just it's just my opinion. This is another brick in the wall of creeping fascism. And by the way. When it comes to abortion, when it comes to these basic rights, you know, the right to be alive, when it comes to gun control, those sorts of things. Well, you know, at a point, you have to ask yourself, why are these people so fixated on trying to keep the kinds of violence, gun violence, that they decry in cities like New York and Chicago, et cetera, but that apparently is okay in Nashville, Tennessee, or Alabama, or Louisville, or whatever. And as women's rights are being eroded, as we mentioned earlier, so too are the rights of the LGBTQ community, of Americans, and I emphasize, of Americans, This has been high on the list of American fascists for some time. Although the Don't Say Gay Bill in Florida is its most visible manifestation, these Philistines have pinpointed the trans community as most vulnerable. They trot out arguments about trans people in women's sports, in bathrooms, and fears about drag shows being shown to children. Never mind children being killed by guns, they're worried about drag shows mentioned that last week, or week before last, I should say, and it still is true. Now, these arguments are fetid, these arguments are stale, but they appeal to the culture of grievance that is the breeding ground for American fascism. The LGBTQ community has been warning us about this for some time, but the general attitude seems to be, and I could be wrong, but I think it seems to be You got your rights, don't complain. Now, a UN expert said last year that LGBTQ rights were under concerted attack. Concerted attack. As we've already seen with civil rights and a woman's right to choose, hard-fought freedoms can be snatched in the blink of an eye. The simple answer is stronger protections. But politicians, as we've seen with people like DeSantis, will use anti-gay rhetoric to propel themselves into the discussion about the American presidency. The American presidency. Stronger protections will only come when all the communities under attack, women, children who are the victims of gun violence, black people, brown people, all people, come together And push back, and push back hard. See, and this is something that's troubled me for a while. It seems as though progressives and these American fascists play by very different rules. We may holler and scream about certain things, but instead, these American fascists have pushed the envelope by January 6, 2021. They tried to take over the United States government and hang the sitting vice president of the United States. That's what they were going to do if they found him. And still, we see people who think that action was somehow justified. In too many instances, communities that have been oppressed try to act individually, and that emboldens the autocrats. The first step, though, is recognition of what's happening. That would would involve seeing that there's a concerted attack on a majority of Americans. And one crucial element is gerrymandering. That would be drawing congressional and state legislative lines to favor, for example, those who would expel members of a legislative body for disagreeing with their gun-toting views. Did I mention? Yes, I think I did. That both the Nashville and Louisville shooters had guns they purchased legally. As the great Jim Morrison of The Doors once said, the time for hesitations through, no time to wallow in the mire. He sang those words many years ago, and they're still true today. Up next, the strange case of Clarence Thomas. This is The Intersection. Wherever you are, stay tuned to The Intersection with Mark Riley. Welcome back to The Intersection. The financial machinations of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas get curiouser and curiouser. First, we find out that he's accepted travel and vacations and not cheap travel and vacations, lavish travel and vacations from a conservative billionaire by the name of Harlan Crow. This wasn't just yesterday. It goes back 20 years. He didn't disclose any of this on his financial disclosure forms. When asked, Thomas said he'd been told that disclosure was not necessary. Now, we really don't know how much money changed hands between these two individuals or what the net value which by the way would have had to have been put on disclosure forms the net value of all that he has accepted from this person but you know that's true about real estate deals real real and imagine that thomas and crow have transacted among themselves even more recently first It's his wife's lobbying to overturn the 2020 election while her husband was in a decision-making role on the same issue. Now this. However, a word of warning to those who would dump Clarence Thomas. It would set a dangerous, dangerous precedent that would come back to bite progressives in the long term. Sitting on the Supreme Court is a lifetime gig for a reason. Clarence Thomas's foolishness and greed just make me wonder why. And while we're at it, we owe ProPublica a huge debt of gratitude for its work exposing the relationship between Clarence Thomas and Harlan Crow, From revelations about how much tax the rich pay to NSA spying to Clarence Thomas jet-setting They are performing a necessary function that used to be the exclusive province of newspapers. ProPublica, as they say in Brooklyn, you're done good. We would be remiss if we didn't mention the war of words between Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg and Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. Yes, again, back to Trump. The House Judiciary Committee, chaired by Jim Jordan of Ohio, is holding a hearing this week whose sole purpose is to drag Alvin Bragg through the mud over crime in Manhattan. That has everything to do with Bragg's indictment of Trump and very little, if anything, to do with actual concern over crime in Manhattan. If they'd been paying attention, they'd know crime in Manhattan is down year over year on Bragg's watch. He's also opted to sue Jordan, alleging a, quote, brazen and unconstitutional attack, end quote, on the prosecution of Trump. This is, some say, unprecedented. It certainly is interesting, as it tests the power of federal lawmakers against the power of a local elected official. I hope I've strung together enough examples of creeping American fascism to make at least some of you sit up, take notice, and call it what it is. If Americans just sit back and let it happen, Who knows where and when these folks will stop. It might be, eventually, eroding a freedom that you hold dear. Thanks so much for listening to The Intersection. The executive producer is Kim Jack Riley, and music is by Tevin Thomas. Until next time, please be well.